Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz, here in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm back home this weekend. It's always good to be back in the Circle City, back in my hometown, uh, the greatest city on the face of the earth. I came back for Big Ten Basketball Media Days, but we're not here to talk basketball. We're here to talk football. We've got a Big Ten football weekend, a couple teams on by Indiana, Purdue, Northwestern, Minnesota all on by. I believe those are the only teams. Uh and it's a little bit of a lighter slate this week, but we do have what could be the biggest Big Ten game of the season and a potential conference championship preview. The Iowa Hawkeyes, number three, hosting the Penn State Nittany Lions, number four in the country at Kinnick Stadium, four o'clock on Saturday. That's the main focus of today's podcast because, well, it's the main focus of college football this week, if you ask me. I can't wait for this game. You can't wait for this game, Reed Murray. How are you doing today? Feeling great. Feeling confident about Ohio State football. Feeling confident we're going to see um, maybe not the most visually appealing football game in Penn State, Iowa, but um, a matchup of two top, top teams in this conference and this country. Feeling just overall excited for this week. I am too, man. I'll tell you what. Um, it's a little bit nice, you know, as somebody you know, who covers Indiana and who has watched every Indiana football game for years upon years at this point, a week off after the season that they've had is nice, just from my personal perspective. Uh, to sit back and just take in all of the other games and soak it in, soak in a full college football Saturday back at home. Uh, it's nice. It's good to, to unwind with some college football on my fall break. So definitely good to be back. Definitely good to talk some football. And, and really, I mean, we can talk about these other games a little bit later, but we have to talk about Penn State, Iowa, two undefeateds, two of the top four teams in the country. It doesn't get much bigger than this. An East-West matchup in Kinnick, only thing is I wish it were a night game instead of a four o'clock game. Fox, what are we doing? Come on, please give me the Kinnick night game. Uh, but night game or not, the crowd is going to be rocking in Kinnick Stadium. Uh, you thought you've heard loud stadiums this year? I don't think you're going to hear anything louder than this. Uh, Kinnick for a game like this, I don't, I don't remember the last time we had an Iowa football game this anticipated, in all honesty. Um, this is a Big, big moment for Iowa football. If Iowa can win this game, I think that cements them as, if they're not already, the driver in the Big Ten, the team with the best chance to make the playoff in the Big Ten. I know Ohio State does have a loss, but you know it's, it's tough to, to say they're not. Still, it's the best chance to make it. But I feel like a win here for Iowa would cement them as the team to beat in the Big Ten uh, for, for the rest of the way. Well, win for Penn State, I don't, I don't know what that would mean for them as much. I don't know if I would even expect them to beat Ohio State anyway going into Columbus. But regardless, at least as of this week, this is the game to firmly put you in the driver's seat in the Big Ten. And potentially the winner of this game, I think, could have a good argument for the best resume of any team in the entire country. Uh, just looking at both of these two teams' resumes, they're both solid. Auburn is a team who, you know, looking at Penn State's resume here, Auburn's, I'm not sold on, <laughs> but they've been pretty good. Um, Wisconsin and Indiana, I'm very much not sold on, uh, and they have some serious issues. But just, you know, close your eyes and uh, and ignore the context, which is what the playoff committee does a lot of the time, it, it feels like at least, and names matter a whole lot. That Wisconsin name on the road in, in Camp Randall Stadium, that's a big win. Um, and the Indiana win is a team who, who did have a lot of hype coming into the season. And, and I think a 24, nothing shutout Indiana's first shutout since, you know, 21 years ago, that's a big deal. 
But this Iowa resume is also equally strong. A blowout win against, I think, at the very least, a respectable, decent Maryland team. Uh, beating Iowa State, the rival on the road, crushing Indiana. And uh, while they did struggle with, with uh, Colorado State, this is still a really impressive Iowa team. And a win here for either of these teams cements them, at least for now, in the driver's seat in the Big Ten with an inside track at making the college football playoffs, something I certainly didn't expect from either of these teams coming into the season. You know, if you told me coming into the season, the biggest Big Ten game of the year was going to be Penn State and Iowa and Kinnick, I would not have believed you in a million years. You with me on that, Reed? Well, I'm not with you on that it's the biggest game of the year because I think it could be, but there's a mm -hmm. chance that uh, depending on how things shake out with Ohio State, uh, the next two games that Ohio State, Penn State could be the biggest game of the and year. And how things shake out with Penn State here. And how things shake out with Iowa. I think it's just, it's not, we can't undoubtedly say. Let's say, let's say. So the, far it's game of the year. This point of but we the can't season. say that at the end of the year, this will have been most of the to, best game. To this point in the season, this is probably not just the biggest game, you know, with, with all the context we have now of Clemson being bad in particular. So you can kind of cross off Clemson, Georgia. Um, to this point in the season, with the context we have, the best game so far will have been Iowa versus Penn State in the most anticipated game, the biggest game, a three versus four in week five. Two teams in the same conference, two undefeateds. I mean, the biggest game in the country, Iowa, Penn State, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, going into this year, Penn State last year, um, rough season, to say the least. Um, and of course, we both saw a bounce back coming from them, but I gotta say, I didn't even see a bounce back this big so far. They're undefeated after playing Wisconsin on the road, Auburn at a night game, Indiana in a night game. Um, we didn't, we didn't see Penn State definitely coming in this game like this. Also, Iowa, I mean, they lost a decent bit of production last season, so you're right. This is kind of bizarre to look at this one as the game in the Big Ten so mm -hmm. far, not even the game in the Big Ten, maybe even the game in the nation. Certainly this week, I think it's the best game of the country. To this point, unless you want to make the argument that the preseason hype for Clemson, Georgia, just usurps this entirely based off of that, even though the game was horrible and it turns out Clemson is bad, bad. Um, this, this feels like the biggest one. I mean, there are legitimate playoff implications in this game, which, which is crazy to think about with preseason. I know I've said that a couple of times, but I, need to, I still need to remind myself that Iowa's got playoff hopes. Like, what? <laughs> Uh, but, but looking at this game, look at this game. So four o'clock kick, Iowa's a one and a half point favorite. So this is pretty much an even spread. I think they're, they're giving them those, you know, usually you get three points at home. And I think for a home crowd like Kinnick Stadium, you might even get a little bit more than that. So they, I think they do think the, the books at least think Penn State's the better team, but Iowa does have that home field advantage and a strong home field advantage, might I add. It's, it's better than almost any stadium on earth. So when you look at this game, though, and when I pick games that I think are close and are more or less toss-ups, I look at three things. And I've said this on the show before. I'll say it again. My method, compare the coach, compare the quarterback, and where's the game being played. So when I compare the coaches here, um, I know Kirk Ferentz has got the boys rolling this year. I know Kirk Ferentz has got an undefeated team. Um, and I know – but what I do know is that Kirk Ferentz routinely in, in big games for Iowa, they, they pull off one big win a year. Um, Maybe they've already got that big win. I don't know. Um, but in a typical year, it's nine and three, eight and four, seven and five with one big win. Uh, I don't know how much I trust them in a big game, but at the same time, James Franklin also notorious in, in big games. Um, 
at late home, game James. He's late game James, like like we've said on this program a billion times. At home, and in the type of game that they're going to be playing, Penn State can't run the ball. They can't. They're a horrible run team. Iowa is Iowa. They, this is a very Iowa team, and that probably sounds stupid, but this Iowa team is strong defensively and a grinded out type of team that's going to win with a ground and pound mindset. So when you talk about the style of play, which I think is a big thing for coaching and, and you do have to factor that in, in, in a game like this, uh, the, the way the game is going to be played based off of these defenses is it's probably going to be low scoring. These are two of the best defenses in the nation, maybe the two best defenses in the nation uh, besides Georgia, who I think is pretty much undisputed number one, but, I think I give Penn State a slight coaching disadvantage, not to say James Franklin's an overall bad coach, but just the style of play we're going to see this game. This is right up Kirk Ferentz's alley. A grinded out, you know, low scoring game, defensive battle. Smells like Iowa to me. Quarterback's the next thing I look at when I'm picking a game. So Spencer Petras, even though Iowa's undefeated, has not impressed me one bit. Not one bit. Uh and that doesn't surprise me. I, did, I wasn't expecting much from him this year, but the fact that Iowa is winning in spite of him tells me a lot about this team, tells me a lot about their defense. It tells me a lot about Tyler Goodson. And really it tells me a lot about their coaching staff that they have And Iowa year after year does work around a limited quarterback. And you know, maybe I, I thought for a while that what they needed to get over the hump was a dynamic quarterback. But you know, if they can win this game, it seems like they'll have gotten over that hump just fine without one. Penn State's got the quarterback advantage. Uh, Sean Clifford's played well this season. He's been consistent. He's been reliable. That's what you. That's all you can ask for from him uh, because last season he was none of that. And this year he's been all of that. So I give Iowa the coaching advantage. I give Penn State the quarterback advantage. And then home field. Iowa's got home field. So when I look at those two things combined, you couple those together, it tells me that Iowa should win this football game at home. They are a slight favorite. Is going to be right up their alley style of play. I know Penn State's a strong defensive team too, but I don't know how much I trust. I always got excellent defensive backs, excellent defensive backs. Riley Moss, I mean, we saw what he did to Michael Penix Jr. in week one, and, and he's kept it up. He's been an excellent DB, one of the best in the nation. This Iowa defense is terrifying in every single facet of the game. So if you shut down that Penn State pass game, and that's easier said than done given the receivers they've got, Jahan Dotson, Parker Washington, easier said than done to shut down the Penn state pass game. But if you can even limit it a little bit, that's the only way they can move the ball is throwing it. Their running backs have been incredibly ineffective this season. You can make this a running game uh, reliant offense for Penn state. If you can limit the passing game, at least a little bit, you can shut down that offense and the, the Iowa defense is good enough to do it. You can seriously limit their scoring. That's how I think Iowa wins the game. And that's why I do think Iowa wins the game. 17 to 13 is my final. Patrick, in this one, um, I'm going to disagree with you on that pick. I'm going to go with Penn State. Interesting. Part of the reason I want to say that is because um, when we talk about this, this sort of slow, grinded-out game that this is inevitably going to be, because clearly we have two strong defenses. We've seen that so right. far this season. And we have two quarterbacks. Sean Clifford, he's been great so far. But um, in situations where he's had to really come up strong and there's been pressure on him, big games, uh, there have been times where he hasn't been in his best, particularly mm -hmm. last season. He struggled a bit. Um, or a little more than a bit, I should say. This year he has picked it up, and I, and I do have to give him props for that. He has definitely um, gotten back up on his feet from a quarterbacking standpoint. 
Um, but again, not a perfect quarterback. And I think he's bound to make a few mistakes against Iowa. I found through at least one interception, if not mm-hmm. two or three. That's just the way this kind of game is, is going. It's, it's going to go, in my opinion. It's not really – maybe I shouldn't even say he's going to throw two or three interceptions because they might just be running the ball way more than they pass it. But I still think – But if they're running – if Penn State is running the ball that much, they're not going to win the game. It's true. Um, but anyway, I will say there, there are going to be mistakes from Clifford. That's more of a statement about Iowa's defense. He's got to step up in this game. I think, I think he's play. definitely the better quarterback of the two by far, not even a question. But if Penn State is going to win this game, they have to beat this Iowa secondary. They've got to beat them. And the, well, number one, the running game has to improve, period, if this team wants to achieve what they want to achieve, which is you know potentially win the Big Ten. It's got to improve. But in this game in particular, this is, this is Sean Clifford's biggest test. Um, this is probably his biggest test of the whole season, in my mind. He's got to step up. He's got to show up today. Um, that's how he's going to get it done. Yeah, but um... – Again, you know, as I was saying, clearly going to be a defensive, mm-hmm. grinded out style of right. game in Kinnick here. And, you know, Penn State has won that kind of game before. They did it against Wisconsin. It was a slow, ugly in terms of offense kind of game. There wasn't a lot, there, you know, there weren't many exciting plays or, you know, big breakthroughs. It was a, it was a good defensive football game, and Penn State came out on top. Of course, it, was, it looked like they were going to lose in the end when Wisconsin had the ball first and goal. Um, late in the game down six it looked like they were going to be able to muster up some points and Penn State would be on on the back foot trying to you know score on a Hail Mary or something like that or or a two-minute drill late in the game but it didn't turn out the way Penn State ended up winning this slow defensive uh, defensively strong football game we haven't really seen that from Iowa a lot of Iowa's games weirdly it's kind of the opposite of what you expect from Iowa they've they've had a lot of points in a lot of years yeah They've been the more way, high scoring type of football games. So the Iowa way those having, points have come for Iowa, though, and you said, and we talked about this before, it's been short fields. It's been the defense creating turnovers and giving the offense, you know, easy drives, you know, inside the opponent's 50. I still think there's something to be said, though. That's true. I about agree. Having insurance points, mm-hmm. not needing. That's a great to point. Mistakes on a drive, especially late in the game. Because you look at what happened to Graham Mertz. Um, you know, Spencer Petras, Graham, where it's both players who kind of have the same level of experience going into the season. They got um, sometime last year, Petras had more games uh, clearly than Mertz because Mertz was out with COVID and injuries. But still, both guys who had gotten a season last year before then had no sort of starter experience, both sort of younger quarterbacks. You saw what happened with Mertz in that game when he needed to make the play. He couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like something similar could happen with uh, Petras in this game where since he doesn't have those insurance points to fall back on, or at least I'm going to assume he's not going to, because I think this is going to be a, a low scoring defensive type of football game. If he does not have those insurance points where he knows he can afford to maybe make a mistake on one drive, as long as he can make it up on the, on the next, if he knows the margin of error is that slim, I don't believe in him. Whereas I don't believe in Clifford that much more, but I trust Clifford more in a do or die kind of situation than I would Petrus. And I think every drive is going to be crucial, especially as we get late in this game. My final score is going to be 13 to 10. I have Penn State winning in a slow defensive, just classic Big Ten. Feels like we're going to be going back to 1960 with this type of football game, or maybe even 1920 before uh, the forward pass was, uh, as, as actually, I don't remember when the forward pass came into play. 1890, we're going back to before the forward pass was we're really going back to the days uh, of, of, uh, of the birthplace of college football, Rutgers. Yeah, we're going back to Rutgers Princeton with this <laughs> one. It's going to be a, a, I think, a slow game um, where there's, well, maybe I shouldn't say slow because when you run the ball a lot of time, it gets to the clock. 
it's gonna be a game where there's not a lot of electrifying plays it's gonna be a game where the balls run more than it's passed and when it's passed there are mistakes and players won't connect mm-hmm. uh perfectly and every time penn state comes away i think they get they have to, they're gonna to have to get multiple field goals it's gonna be a 13 to 10 game and i know iowa won this one last year but that was a different that Penn State they played in the Penn past. State. Iowa, they yeah. they've had games where they have given Penn State a serious challenge, but Iowa has just had a hard time getting over that hump of beating Penn State. There was a game a couple of years ago, 17-12. Iowa had their all gold or all yellow. I don't know what, the, what they what they officially call their color, but they had the all yellow uniforms. Not a there. fan of those. You know, yeah, their alternate uniforms. Definitely Saquon team, right? That uniform had some mixed reactions, uh, and they were looking like they were finally going to be able to do it at home. 17-12, they lost that one. Was that uh, was Saquon time. on that Penn State team, or am I just remembering that? I believe he was. I have hold on. I haven't pulled up what year that was. Um, that game 2017. Was, I believe it was 2017. Maybe I had it. No, that was 2019. 19 okay he was not there was a 27 that was Sean Clifford was still there at that there was a 2017 you're like well we covered that game yeah 2017 Um, that was a pretty exciting game too 21 19 yeah that's what I was thinking of I was thinking of a close one low scoring Saquon had a good game and this one even more low scoring 17 12 Penn State win their most recent trip to Kinnick I gotta remember that we uh we had to cover it we were doing this podcast back then I remember that game. I was sitting in the crowd of Nashville SC versus, I want to say it was North Carolina FC in Nissan Stadium. Uh, it was uh, before a promotion of the MLS. I shouldn't say promotion. Before we had gotten the expansion bid in the MLS, we were playing in the USL Championship against, I believe, was North Carolina uh, FC. Uh, I remember Minnesota, Nebraska <laughs> played on that exact same day. I watched that game with my brother. Who played Nebraska? Minnesota played Nebraska on that day. I, if I'm Nebraska. not mistaken, it was Minnesota and Nebraska played on the same day as Penn State, Iowa, and Nashville versus North Carolina. What, I what time of uh, pull up my phone was while that? I was watching the soccer game in real time? When was that? Just for um, maybe I'll go back and listen to the episode. That was uh, let me click on this here. I'm looking at Winsipedia right now. It's not showing me an exact date. Ah. I'll, I just know it was 2019. It was it was the fall of 2019. I want to say it was around week six. Um, I'm actually looking this up right now. Yeah, we've got to we've got to do our. Own. We're gonna find out if I have these dates. So October twelfth was that was that deal. Let's look up Nebraska. That was like week six. Minnesota Nebraska was also October twelfth. So I know. So now I know for a fact the North Carolina FC game versus Nashville. See, actually, I'm pretty sure it was North Carolina. Did Indiana play. Who did Indiana play that game? I don't remember. This was two years ago. That game was October twelfth too. I had all three of the games right. right. Don't ever say that I can't track dates back through sports. Once again, we've we've done this again. Reed Murray does his homework. That's not even homework, though. That's more just memory of Reed, Reed Murray's brain does its homework. Because oftentimes, you know, <laughs> someone will tell me, Hey, do you remember when we did this uh, you know, years and years ago? And I'll be like, hmm, I do remember Ohio State played uh Rutgers the day before that. So if it was the Ohio State Rutgers game in 2017, <laughs> that means it was on this date. So it was actually four years ago today. Or whatever. That sounds um, about right. I find myself doing that a lot because that sounds you about remember right. one game. Then you, with Google, it's a great invention. You you just look up the exact date of the game. You, you can remember exactly the exact date that a little fun little thing happened in your life. Gr- great part about having a great sports memory. I wish I had that kind of memory um, when it came to physics equations or whatever. But you know what? There's I'm grateful to have it for something. Oh yeah. Hey, I've got it too. <laughs> this is why we do the show that was kind of a long tangent 
That was so a fun tangent, though, uh, and I'm sure our listeners, I, I think many of our listeners are uh, are of the same brain. I think they get it. I think they have to get it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's no way they couldn't. Speaking of things they also get, let's talk about the other games this weekend. We talked about Penn State, Iowa uh, for about 20 minutes, and that's a, about the bulk of our show today. It's going to be a quick one. Um, not a whole lot of other games to talk about, but they're all conference games this week. We're right in the heart of conference season. All right. Let's run through them quick. Maryland, Ohio State. Maryland last week demolished against, well, the Iowa Hawkeyes at home, Friday night game. Ohio State, great showing against Rutgers. You know, just a great Ohio State game. The defense looked much stronger in the game. I yes. think it's worth pointing out. I still think the you defense think Ohio State takes care give of it. up a, a significant amount of points in this game, but the defense did show some clear improvements. Now, if those improvements will be big enough to put them in contention with the playoff or to win big games like Penn State, that is yet to be found out but the defense is trending upward in terms of their output on the field so in my mind it's enough to beat maryland by a lot i think so too 38 is my again final. we can't i mean they, they they barely got by tulsa so um uh, i don't want to jinx it i think I absolutes here i'm gonna say they've turned the corner and i'm gonna say maryland outside the month of september has also turned the corner in the opposite direction. true 38 to 10 ohio state's my final I'm going to go 45-21. I think Ohio State still gives away at least three touchdowns. Whether whether one or two of those comes in garbage time or if it's time that matters, that's yet to be seen. But this is just the type of game there's no way Ohio State limits them to under two scores. That's just the way Ohio State plays football. 45 points I think is a fair number considering uh, the type of offenses that Ryan Day likes to play. Plus the fact that C.J. Stroud looked way better mm-hmm. against Rutgers than he had. And games, I really hope that he's pulling a JT Barrett here where he starts off rough in the first game, um, gets better. And then eventually the the new quarterback who never really had any experience before becomes one of the best in the country. Hopefully he's pulling uh-huh. a freshman JT Barrett. And hopefully he doesn't do what JT Barrett did at the end of the season, which is get an injury against Michigan. And Although the other thing means our third stringer is going to come in, or I guess he would be our backup. Although yeah. that means his replacement is going to come in, come in and win the national championship for Ohio State, I still wouldn't be happy with the Stroud injury, but mm-hmm. I would say it's a, it's a good sacrifice. No complaints. Um, yeah, well, nonetheless, Stroud looks stronger this week. I think he puts up – he helps in the effort to put up a lot of points. I think even if McCord was playing this week, they would be able to score a lot against Maryland. 45-21 is my score here. And I think on the other sideline, you have to consider that Tua tur- – Talia, excuse me, not Tua, turns the ball over. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see if he does against the Ohio State defense. We'll he see did what against kind of Iowa a ton against Iowa. Ohio State, but I don't think Ohio State and Iowa are on the same level in terms no, of defense. They are not. not so far. But the the quantity that he turned it over against Iowa, I think you can scale down a little bit. He will give the ball to the Ohio State defense at least a couple times in my mind. All right, next game: Michigan State at Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers coming off a really disappointing effort uh, last week against uh, Michigan or against Ohio State. Uh, Michigan State squeak went out against Nebraska. I think Michigan State wins it this week and ends up in the top 10. I think they lose in Bloomington next week, though. And uh, I'm going to stand by that for now. I will get into it next week. I'm going to take Michigan State 27 to 17 this week in Piscataway. Yeah, you know, what you're saying about Michigan State being in the top 10, I think they very well could be in the top 10 going into next week. I think they're certainly not a top 10 team. However, especially at this point in the season, you kind of just have to put them there by process of elimination because there's so many other teams who have proved that they are not a top 10 team, at least not right now. And they're going to have to 
do much better in order to, to deserve that honor. So they kind of just moved up by virtue of a lot of other teams performing poorly, as we've seen lots of ranked teams have lost this season. And I totally could see that happening where Michigan State, you know, feels real high after a Rutgers win and then runs into a surprise loss against Indiana. I agree. Well, because I think that would mean that I think it means they're a shaky undefeated. If they if they end up winning this week, I think it'll be close and they'll be due for a loss next week just because I don't see them remaining undefeated for too long. Uh, Indiana matches up well against them uh, and a quarterback change, I think, could be exactly what Indiana needs to get over the hump. So we're going to leave that for next week, though. <laughs> I do not disagree with you, I'll say. Um, Michigan State, I still think they win this one. Um, I don't think they look they win too resoundingly, but 28-17 is going to be my score. I think Rutgers hangs with them for a while the same way they did against Michigan, although the Michigan game is more them climbing back and getting into it. But I think it'll be a close game for a little bit. Michigan State eventually pulls away, and I think they get a late touchdown to sort of solidify that win and increase the scoreline, make it look like it wasn't as close as it truly was. And I think Rutgers at home, they're, they're going to want to bounce back, and Michigan State's a team that's certainly not indestructible. You know, they they had they had their weaknesses against WKU, definitely had their weaknesses against Nebraska. Um, so I think Rutgers can exploit some of that, but at the end of the day, they're just not a strong enough team, I don't think, to beat a Kenneth Walker. I agree. I agree. Let's talk about two other teams who are not strong, Wisconsin and Illinois. Uh, Last time these two teams met in Champaign, it was first and tens upset of the year in 2019. It was a fun game. Illinois won. Uh, Homecoming in Champaign-Urbana. These two teams both suck. They're both horrible. Wisconsin sucks a whole lot less. I'm going to take Wisconsin 17-3. to Wow. See, I originally had a scoreline like that, but then I remembered the bloodbath that took place in Madison last season and Graham Mertz's first start as a Wisconsin Badger, and I realized I think he can do something similar again. I think Illinois is just a team. Mertz is great against the awful teams and awful against the great teams or even the decent teams. I think he'll be great against another awful defense here. 31-3 is my final score. Wisconsin lights up. We did, we did, I did forget to mention that last year. The actually, scratch that. The only one of two great Graham Mertz, one of the two Graham Mertz games. Graham, Graham Mertz had two games in his career that were good. Michigan last year and Illinois last year. Illinois was the game that made people like Reed and me both think that he could be a great quarterback. Maybe he does it again. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so yeah, I think Wisconsin is just the flat out better team. Illinois is just horrible just nothing else to say i was wrong i was proven wrong and i thought they had him in the nebraska game i thought i was right i thought my hot take about illinois going bowling was right everybody point and laugh point and laugh point and laugh shame 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 all right last game michigan at nebraska i also want to mention okay please um, mention mention go for it (laughs) um we once again and this is my fault because i forgot to come up one no first country questions so far insert another one Middle of the episode, first we'll live. That last meeting in Champaign between Wisconsin and Illinois, Illinois won the game um, on a field goal. My question is, for how many minutes in that game did Illinois lead Wisconsin? We'll answer at the end of the episode. Patrick, I know oh, you know this one. Yeah, I, I love reciting this stat, and our longtime listeners might know the answer just from me repeating it all the time whenever uh, how much you're you mentioned it a couple times yeah a couple times well every time we bring up that game i bring it up and i'm surprised i didn't bring it up this time so uh, that's true i'm actually happy you didn't because yeah, you're if, welcome if you would have had to, i don't know what i would have chosen i would have had to come up with some crazy iowa penn state stat <sighs> good one good one Reid. 
Okay. I didn't have the brain power to do that. Last game, night. Saturday night football in Lincoln, Michigan at Nebraska. Michigan's a slight favorite in Lincoln. Nebraska's played well the last couple of weeks. They've been feisty, hung with some good team. Haven't been able to get over the hump. Is this the week it happens? Reed, yes or no? I hate this game because on one hand, I want to say that Nebraska are frauds for what they've done. And I think that Michigan comes in and, and proves their frauds, but at the same time, first of all, home field advantage is important. And second of all, I think Michigan is also a little bit fraudulent. And third of all, maybe Nebraska isn't quite as fraudulent as I thought, because, you know, looking strong against Michigan state, it's not a super easy thing to do. And they look strong against Oklahoma. And again, so did Tulane and Tulane. We we've seen, if you haven't seen Tulane has a pretty terrible record. I think they only have one win. I'm going to fact check that right now. That's one in five team in the country. I guess. I, I guess, yeah. So they are one and five? Yeah, they lost against Houston. Oh, my God. That is just awful. Yeah, one and five, Tulane. That's that's horrific. Um, See, so yeah, I think Oklahoma is also fraudulent. Um, Everyone is fraudulent. Basically, this is the fraudulent bowl. Who is more fraudulent, Michigan or Nebraska? I have written down here 31-14. I don't believe that. I'm going to go ahead and say 21-14. Michigan still gets the win, though. I'm going to say it. Uh, 27-23 Michigan is my pick. This it's, one, though, I mean, obviously. going to have a lot of teases this year. Obviously, as an Ohio State fan, I root for Michigan to lose every game. And you would think that if Michigan loses this one, I'd be sitting in, on my couch cackling about uh, what had just taken place. But honestly, like, a- after my prediction, Nebraska's already um, – have they already surpassed what I uh, predict them to be this season? Just Nebraska. They might have. If they, they have, if they've at least surpassed your your level of competency you expected, and me too. Yeah, no, they have. Yeah, they have three wins. I had them at two and ten. Yeah, my pick for them is two and ten. Of course, yeah, because they beat the breaks off Northwestern. Um, yeah. I don't want them doing any better. I don't want them going four and eight. They probably will pick up a fourth win at some point, but I don't want that to happen. So I think they'll pick up six. Oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying that. Uh, it's the West. Yeah, it's the wild, wild West, but I don't know. It's the West Coast. If you remember that reference from a way back. Uh, Who could forget the. The coastal paradise of Iowa City. And the, the postcard on the Instagram. Oh yeah. I'm a first and 10 diehard. I'm a first and 10 ultra. First and 10 guru, Patrick Feltz, remembers. Local <laughs> remember man remembers. I've been there for every episode, except for, except for which episodes? I haven't been there for like some, the super, some super previews, like where you would do Ohio State games or something. Um, and I think I missed like. That was rare though. I've done, I think, two solo previews. I did Penn State, Ohio State when I went to that game. I did Ohio State, Michigan when Ohio State traveled on the road in 2018 to Michigan and beat them pretty handily. And then I also did a, a brief video episode of every game the week I went to Northwestern Ohio State in Evanston. You've yeah. been there for every other episode, though, unless I'm – Yeah, really I think every good. main series episode I've been there for. I think I've missed more episodes than you have. Yeah. Maybe the same. Actually, but you never really missed an episode, though, because mine were just kind of extras. Mine were bonus episodes, the ones I did solo. That's true. That's true. First and 10 guru, Patrick Feld. That's enough first and 10 lore for today. Um, and that'll do it for today's podcast, except for one final thing. Read, there's no way you forgot. I was no, I was, this is how I set it up. Rip your head off. One final yeah. thing. Read. How many minutes? Hell, how many seconds of game time 
Did the Illinois Fighting Illini lead the Wisconsin Badgers in 2019, a game the Illinois Fighting Illini won? How many minutes? How many seconds? Zip, zilch, nada, goose egg. The first letter in Ohio State's famous around the stadium chant. O or zero. No time at all did they lead this game, and they won it on a walk-off field goal. That's terrific. There was a game, I think, where that happened this season where someone had done that, but I forget which game it was. Yeah, it was very funny when that happened, though, to Wisconsin. Actually, I think, it was, I think it was Oklahoma-West Virginia this year. I think Oklahoma never led for a second and they won that game. That sounds right. I, I think they were that. always losing or tied in that game, and they ended up winning. Yeah, that's what happened to Illinois, and uh, that's a very Illinois football way to win, I feel like. Hey, a win's a win, especially against that game. Especially, especially when you upset Wisconsin, Wisconsin team like that. Yeah, that was a that was a fun season for Illinois. Um, that was a fun season for football as a whole, honestly. We got yeah, to see twenty nineteen was then Alabama or Clemson go to the national, or I guess Clemson went to the national championship. But yeah, it, we well, saw LSU win the title. It doesn't yeah. happen every year. Mm-hmm. Not that a perennial fun, playoff it favorite. It was a fun year. Definitely. And this is this is just as fun of a year in my mind so far. Wait, we got to go to the Big Ten championship that year. We that was did. yeah, and we saw that Wisconsin team play. Um, Didn't see a lot of Wisconsin fans though. No, not many. Um, first and 10 originals, remember that too. Um, but this year's been just as fun. What a season, and we're still in the middle of it. Now that will do it for our show this week. Thank you so much for listening to the First and 10 podcast. As always, we really appreciate every listen. So thank you, and we will see you next time. Bye.